Welcome to the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. This is your number one crypto podcast to hear directly from the movers and shakers, innovators and disruptors in the cryptocurrency industry. Follow on Twitter for updates and to communicate directly at Wolf Big Dog. That's at Wolf Big D-A-W-G. Now, now, here is your host, the one and only Big Dog Crypto. And welcome to the latest episode of the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. I'm your host, Big Dog Crypto, and I am very honored and happy to have Miss Teen Crypto on. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to hang out with you today. Look, I appreciate you being here. Appreciate you being here. I've followed you on Twitter for a while. Um, you have a lot of great content. Uh, let's get right into it right now. Um, looking at the markets and stuff, looking at Bitcoin, what are your thoughts about what it's doing right now? And what are you seeing, let's say, in the next month or two? Wow. So Bitcoin, I'm happy about where it is right now, considering all the money that's being printed and the whole macroeconomic feel of the entire world right now. I think Bitcoin is in a great place. I hope this is near the bottom. I'm I'm sick and tired of these red candles. We have seen some green candles today. I hope that continues over the next few months. There's so much speculation as to whether we're going down to 10K or whether this is the bottom. We hit the bottom. We're going up. I'm always bullish. I'm hoping that it remains that way. We just keep going up from here and take out all the fun because, you know, between the FUD and, you know, people withdrawing from exchanges, I don't know if you've been watching those moves. Not a lot of people are willing to sell their Bitcoin instead of their custodying it. So we're going to see what happens and how this affects price. No, you're right about that. And, and speaking of exchanges, I mean, I, you know, talk about having you on the day after the big news broke in crypto where uh, SPF evidently uh, they're saying they took him into custody. Bahamas, what's what's going on? I mean, what, what are you I mean, what's going on? But what are your thoughts with all of that? SPF, I don't know. I think the whole thing is a little sketch, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is just a fake out arrest, considering that if you if you guys have been following the news, Representative Maxine Waters from the U.S. Uh, House of Financial Services, they mm-hmm. wanted to have Sam testify today, actually. Yeah. And, you know, apparently the day before he goes to testify, mm-hmm. he gets arrested. So to me, it seems like they didn't want him to go to court. That's just my opinion. We're going to see well, how it plays <laughs> out. I mean, it was about time that some sort of custody happened, but it was just ironic that it happened right before he was supposed to testify in front of Congress. So it's funny you say that because some people would hear that and go, well, that sounds a little conspiracy theory, but I'd say this. I normally am not about things like that, but I got to agree with you on that. Like, you know, you're going to Congress to testify and suddenly you can't test. Like, it's just, it, it's too coincidental, right? Yeah. Over the past <laughs> I think you're right month, on that. Yeah, the past month yeah. or two has been absolute chaos in crypto. Yeah. And they just decided to arrest him now instead of earlier. Why? When he's been constantly on Twitter spaces admitting to certain things. So, you know, I don't know. I'm not a conspiracy person either. Right. But you know, it's just what I've been seeing. And everyone's conspiracies are somehow reality at this point. So we're seeing a lot of this unfold. And I'm happy to see bad actors being filtered out of the space overall. I hope this SBF thing gets yeah. resolved soon and we can move on. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you on that. It's definitely there's there's something that's sketchy going on there. I'll agree with you on that. Um, but you know, and I think the other thing, what does he said? He said, uh, uh, well, I don't have time or something. What are his last tweets or spaces was like, um, it's not convenient. <laughs> yeah, I can't schedule it. I can't schedule he's it. Or something like that. Like, yeah, <laughs> obviously yeah. SPF because he's comfortable. Yeah. yeah, right, right, right. So okay, so so looking at the space in general, um, I, well, let me ask you particularly. I always like to ask all my guests, and I ask them this one question because I'm always interested with everybody. Right, we're in this space. We love it. We know it. We breathe it 24 seven. But at what point? What were you doing when you first heard about Bitcoin? 
I was in middle school, maybe when I first heard about Bitcoin, I was around 13 years old. So, you know, I was just living my life. And my dad was very interested in crypto in 2016 and just kept telling me about it. And then it kind of took me until I was 16, around 2019 for me to fully have it click. So how it clicked for me is when we did our first Bitcoin transaction and he showed me all he had to do was scan my QR code, scan a QR code on my phone. And instantaneously, I was able to receive money. I didn't need a bank account. Anyone at any age, no matter where they are in the world is able to transact. And I was like, wow, this is going to change the way we transact, the way we store value forever. So that's why I really fell down the rabbit hole. So it was a little different for me, but it was just because I was little. You know, that's interesting because when you look, you know, at your account, okay, Miss Teen Crypto, obviously you're, you're, you know, of the younger generation, right? That, that's mm. into crypto. And I find this interesting because, you know, I like to talk to people of all ages, okay, whether you're a teenager, you're 80 or you're 40 or 50. And one of the things you notice, and I'll say this because I know somebody who's 84 who has Bitcoin and Ethereum and checks them every day and but believes and understands what it's about. Yeah. Then I have somebody that's 22 that I talk to. And he does not like he's, he's in gaming, he's in games, he loves it, but he doesn't like crypto, doesn't like what it represents. And so it's interesting because it's fair to say it's any new technology, right? You're gonna get the younger generation that likes it, and then as you get older, maybe not as much adapting. But I found with crypto, and look, we, we know most of the people don't know what it is anyway or have no idea. <laughs> yeah. But I just feel like it's a it's a mindset, regardless of your age, right? Either you you get you understand what it means about to be able to do it, to be able to send it from point A to point B without permission, or you don't, right? Or the whole thing decentralized versus centralized. So I'd say this when you look at let's say your generation and you look at the older generations, what are your thoughts? You know, in, in, in line with what I'm saying, right? How do you feel about that when you talk to people your age, older, you know, what are your thoughts? I think it, it just comes down to whether somebody's open-minded or not. And not even that, it's whether they want to take the time and do their own research. Because even within the space, you'll have someone that's quote unquote a maximalist. But if you ask them like, oh, do you know about other projects? They're like, no, I just don't take the time to learn it. I think that's the big problem. Like people just don't take the time to learn. Um, at the same time, we're going to get to a point where they're not even going to have to learn. And we're still extremely early. And that's what I attribute this a lot to. We're still early. There's a huge educational gap and it, there's a convenience gap. It's not, you know, there's a few programs but you have to be into crypto to know about them for you to be able to transact crypto, even though it's not necessarily transacting crypto when you're just using crypto and then they transfer to fiat for the merchant. Um, so there, there's a few gaps that we have to fill here. We're just really, really early. So we have to fill that educational gap and make crypto a lot easier to use where people are not even going to know they're using cryptocurrency when they do payments, when they um, use coupons, which I think coupons are going to be NFTs. I've been saying that for years. We're seeing Starbucks actually start to work on that. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're seeing more uh, real world uses. And so that's always I like to ask you know, people too. your thoughts. When you look at the space, you look at the financial system or really in particular the, you know, what crypto can change, right, and help with and make better. What would you like to see adoption wise, let's say, in the next two or three years? I would love to see the use of peer-to-peer -peer payments more and using NFTs. I, the reason why is because I think peer-to-peer -peer payments is partially the whole revolution here is that we don't need an intermediary. And I think it's going to come a point where, especially with the rush of CBDCs being implemented in countless countries and, um, you know, the banks don't even want you to exit the system. If you've been watching um, articles where banks are actually blocking your transactions to exchange your fiat for cryptocurrency on exchanges. So we need to be able to exit the system and be able to actually transact. And I think people are going to realize that they don't have the accessibility to their funds that they thought they did. So they're going to be like, what? 
could I use that I don't need permission for? And that's where Bitcoin comes in. That's where cryptocurrency comes in. I think over the next few years, especially with El Salvador taking the lead of using Bitcoin as legal tender, I think we're going to see a lot more people do that. People pushing for peer-to-peer transactions. In terms of NFTs, like I mentioned, Starbucks is working on stuff with Polygon. I think NFTs, especially gaming, is going to be a huge way to onboard people. Just having people realize in a nonchalant way that they could actually own their assets in a way that they didn't think they could before. So I think this is a huge financial and digital revolution that we're all going to be a part of. And I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be a huge rush in the next year or two. I, I agree with you on that. And I, I think it's interesting when you talk about Starbucks, the NFTs, and we talk about the NFTs in the real world stuff. I, the, the, one of the guys I was talking about that doesn't like, well, didn't bring him up uh, previous episode. Anyway, he's like 41 and he he's in a band, plays bass in the band. And he just, he can't, uh, he doesn't like crypto and I was, he doesn't like the idea of it. I'm like, look, you know, if you're in a band, right. You don't like crypto. I said, but I said, if you have an album, it, it, you know, let's just say it wouldn't chart. And I said, imagine as an NFT where you could sit there and you can track, right. Every single part of it so that you get your royalties, you pay the accounts, pay the lawyers, you know what I mean? The, 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 everybody. And I think that's the kind of thing of people that are anti-crypto or not receptive of to it, right. Realize the benefit. And I think like merchants, right. They realize if you can set, accept crypto and you go from paying Visa MasterCard two or three or 4% to, Half a percent, right? Like that's part of the stuff. And so yeah, absolutely. that's the kind of an option, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do on the street interviews a lot. And I remember um last summer or uh, the summer before, wow, time flies. I was in Washington Square Park. I was talking to a band and I was interviewing them about crypto and they were kind of laughing at me like, oh, what am I going to use a band token like for for their, the name of their band? So I was like, yeah, absolutely. I was like, okay, you could take it from many angles. If you're a band, one, you could put an album out and imagine buying like the first copy of Nirvana's ever album. Yeah. Like that's valuable, right? Yeah. So you could count how many are out there, who has them. And if they've been traded, you like you mentioned, you get the royalties. On top of that, you could add utility. Like if I buy this, one album, then you could actually come to me and do an in-person concert. If you're working from the token mm -hmm. angle, I know a lot of uh, pe content creators, um, producers that use their own social tokens, mm -hmm. where if you buy, let's say, 100 band tokens, they feature on your song. You pay 1,000 band tokens, they help collaborate with you. You pay a million fan, uh, band tokens and they come to a private concert. There's so many different ways that you could use NFTs. If you show up to their concert, then you get a POAP, a proof of attendance protocol, proving that you were there. That's a memory that's valuable. Um, so there's so many ways that you could go about it. Just being a content creator, an artist, um, a musician, really anyone could take advantage of this technology. It's beautiful. Look, I completely agree with you on that. And I think that's, uh, we're going to finally see this come to fruition, you know, hopefully. Um, but you just said too about your on street interviews. Um, so you, your podcast, I've seen those. Um, let me ask you, how'd you wind up starting your podcast? <clears throat> wow. So the Missing Crypto Show, it, when I started it, it was just an idea I had. I really liked doing interviews when I was like, well, I always wanted to be like a little bit of a reporter or whatnot. And crypto, what I'm doing now is kind of a combination of everything I loved. And I loved meeting people in this space. And everyone, if you if you really get to know people, you realize everyone's from a different spot, whether that's like ethnicity, race, gender, where they are in the world, how they came up, whether that's from the streets or they were rich when they grew up. Everyone is so different, but they all led up to this point. Point where we're all a part of the same revolution, where we all have the same ideologies. I think that's amazing. So I started my podcast just to hear how people grew up and how they got to where they are now. I think it's really great to see someone's success and know what they're doing, but it's also really good to know their backstory and how they came to be who they are. Um, and I think it's really inspiring, especially for Gen Z. So that's why I really started that show. And I also started a new show recently doing the news, but the Missing Crypto show is so special. And I, I'm so happy that I've gotten the guests I've got, um, whether 
activists, news anchors, or just people that are in the space, um, UFC champs, just all of them. And it's just really amazing. You've had some amazing guests. You absolutely yeah. have. What's the, what's the, just I'd like to know, what, what's the other show too that you'll be doing? So I recently just started another show called The Daily Zest, Monday to Thursday, 12 p.m. Eastern, where I just break down the news every day. Um, I know that that, you know, the news is frantic in crypto every single day. It's something different. It's hard to catch up. It's hard to, you know, take part. And so I just offer for people to come hang out with me, 12 p.m. Eastern. I go live. I hang out with the chat and I just talk about mm -hmm. the news. So that way everyone's caught up. And I like to I like to be caught up in the news. So it's a way for me to keep caught up and also share it. And I love to learn and share. Nice, nice. I, I, look, I, I'm impressed. I mean, I'm watching. Like I said, you're, you're on there all the time. You put a lot Thank of you. content. Like one of the things in the space, but I respect people that put a lot of effort into content because let's call it like it is. If you didn't have passion for it, you wouldn't do it. And no. you know, I find like like crypto Twitter is like it's like a community. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a family. And I don't say that cliche. Like like we kind of get each other. It's like people are on yeah. other social medias, but you, but you get on Twitter, right? And it's like okay, you're in your comfort zone. Okay, I'm like seeing what's up and accounts I've met, like whether in real life or just interacting with. And it's just been fascinating because, like you said, you meet people from all the world, you know, all kind of people. And, and we're all we're all different, right? But yet yeah. crypto has brought us to like one family. I know it sounds cliche, but I know people it's in the so state true. Know you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. you know, people are always blinded by the money a little bit and they're always like, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, crypto, you'll make a hundred X. It's not just about the financial freedom. It's also about like unity. And I think that's what crypto does. It really unites people. I think people really are missing out on that right now because they're so focused on the FUD and money and blah, blah, blah. What we, this really brought us together. What other technology, what other cause would bring the globe together other than yeah. crypto? I don't know. Nah, look, I'm with you. I mean, I got into it, you know, a few years ago, what, six years ago. And, and ever since I've been in, it's like, I love it. I don't want to do anything else. So um, so let me ask you this, too. So when you look at your goals down the road, you've done a lot. I mean, you've done a lot at this point. But when you look at down the road, what would you like to do? And I'm going to say five, five and ten years, a little, you know what I mean? Like, wow. But just let's just say, like, what are your, your goals you would like to accomplish in the crypto space? Bringing crypto and NFT adoption to my generation and educating the masses on cryptocurrency. I came into this space with the same goal three years ago, and it still remains the same. I really want to educate more people. Um, I've been going to high school, so I want to continue going to schools. I've been to colleges as well, taught middle school students. So I would love to continue doing more of that and, you know, doing appearances like on Fox Business, educating the masses in that way about crypto. Um, just do any way I can, my content, progressing with my podcast, on the street interviews, whatever I could do to spread adoption, I'm going to continue to do. And I want to, I know it sounds crazy, but I do want to be one of the reasons that crypto is brought um, mainstream because I think it's so important. It's really going to change everybody's life. So you said about bringing it to your generation. I guess that's a, that would be a question of, you know, looking at your, your generation, what percentage would you say if you had the ballpark or pro crypto? And I don't want to say anti, because it's, it's not always anti. It's like just, it's like non-interest, right? Like you talk to somebody Bitcoin, who I don't want to hear about, right? They don't really hate it. They just don't want to talk about it, or they don't understand it. So what percentage would you say if you just, and this is just really kind of like a blanket question, but a ballpark, if you looked at all your friends and it's people you know, and what percentage would you say are pro and the other percentage are like ambivalent? We're still really early. So I think it's a mix. I think it's very like conceptually, I, it's very, very easy to onboard my generation. When you're just talking about, for example, Fortnite, a lot of kids play Fortnite. You have your skins. Now you could actually move it. You could trade it, sell it with a friend. You could rent it out. So there, there's a lot of different things that Web3 offers that I think is very easy for Gen Z to understand, especially because a lot of us use Venmo, PayPal. We we take that a step further, peer-to-peer -peer payments, Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, digital payments. That's already very easy for us. I think, again, it's, it comes 
with, you know, how easy it is to spend and things like that. Again, we're still really early. And I think, you know, there were a bunch of articles out over the summer about how almost 50% of Gen Z want their crypto and retirement funds. So our generation is not particularly invested, literally quite mentally and financially in the traditional financial system. We want something different because when you think about a stock, right? I could buy a stock on an app and it just says I have a number, I have this stock, but what can I do with it? I can't send it to my friend. I can't trade it for something for another coin or, or another stock. You know what I mean? Like it's so boring. With cryptocurrency, yep. with Bitcoin, not only could I have an appreciative asset, but I could send it to a friend. I could trade it for, let's say, Litecoin or another cryptocurrency. That's possible in crypto. You can move it. You could pay for things. You can't pay for anything with a stock. So there's just so much more to crypto utility wise than the traditional financial system. And of course, there's, you know, dark holes in the financial system that we that's a whole other rabbit hole to get into um, versus crypto, which is a lot safer, a lot more transparent. Um, so I think that's what Gen Z is going to value, especially custodying their own um, assets is the most important thing. I think Gen Z really understands that if you didn't take a selfie, you weren't there. We know digital property. Right. Now, I, I agree with you on that. I, you know, it's interesting. I told I have a, a little sister who's six and I told Smiley the other day, I said, by the time, you know, she finishes high school or she gets to that age, I expect she'll go into a, a Starbucks and it'll say, you know, it'll say um, it'll say Visa, MasterCard, Bitcoin. Like, I, I expect Bitcoin to be and I think we all do or at least it's what we want to see. But like, we're trying to change the biggest thing in the world, the financial system. Yep. So it takes time. It's not going to be easy. But, you know, it's, it's no. like you said, what you're doing is step by step telling people. I think that's great. Thank um, you. Well, look, very cool. Um, listen, so a couple of personal questions. I always like to ask people. Um, plane shows up at your house right now. It's taken anywhere for the weekend. Where are you going? In the what world? was that Any question? Country in the world. Any so, country. Say, so yeah, a plane shows up. Says, oh. I'm taking this somewhere for the weekend. And you're going to France. What country are you going to to go just, just hang out? Like, what's one of your favorite countries you want to go to? I, I know it sounds cheesy, but like, I love Jamaica. And I think it's because yeah, cool. of how nice the people are. Mm -hmm. Like I, I went right. there three times and I mm -hmm. just love the people and I love how serene it is. And, mm -hmm. you know, the beautiful water and the food quality is a lot better than yeah. the States, which is a whole other rabbit hole. But yeah. I really do mm -hmm. um, love that just for like the sake of vacations. If I'm choosing something to adventure, I would love to go to like Dubai around there. Mm -hmm. I would love to go to Italy and just like eat a lot of pizza and pasta. That would be great. So wait, is it Dubai, let me tell you, I was a place that I had heard of, I didn't know much of, and I wound up going there last October. And I shared this with Did you. Because, but let me tell you, but I went because of crypto and I wound up like meeting so many people, whether it was from like, you know, this project or this project. I probably met like 10 people from, uh, from uh, um, you know, crypto Twitter and all that. And I had a great time. It was a fantastic place. But, you know, we talk about, you know, bringing the world together. I'm sitting there from the States. Never thinking to go to Dubai in my life, and I'm sitting in Dubai just having coffee, like with 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 some friends in Dubai. And it's like this is such an amazing space that it takes you yep. from there, right, around the world, and we have those opportunities that I think it's like a once in a lifetime chance. So get a chance, go to Dubai. I promise you'll love it. <laughs> yeah, I want to so, ride a camel in the desert, man. No, they have that. No, they have that, and like the buildings are amazing. It's like they have the <laughs> everything. It's it's, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, the food is great. Um, okay, so food. I always like to ask my guests uh, favorite food. What's a, what's your favorite food or a couple of favorite foods you love? Oh my gosh, that's a hard question. I, I live in New York, so I have like every great food at my disposal. I love bagels, pizza, cookies, um, chocolate croissants. Um, if I'm talking fast food, in and out is my favorite, even though I'm on the East Coast. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I love food. I love spicy food. Um, everything. <laughs> I've, I've never Donuts. had In-N-Out Burger, but it's supposed to be great. <laughs> oh, it, it is good. And, and you know, people people like 
give it a little bit of sheesh. And they're like, oh, it's overrated. No, it's not. I absolutely love it. I love it. Double, double, please. It's good. It's good. And then uh, when you're getting worked on and stuff, what do you have on the background? Do you have music, podcast, TV, silence? What do you normally have in the background? What I normally have in the background of like, you know, like where I live? Yeah, well, like, like I'm just like when you're working during the day, right? And you're doing stuff, um, and you're clear. Like, are you like a music person, a TV? Like, uh, what, what's your what's your form of like background stuff? You know, I honestly don't. I you know, I have CNBC on just because crypto mm. stuff comes up all yeah. the time. So when I'm when I look up from my computer, mm. I always see a crypto headline and I write it down for my show. So I definitely think uh, that's what I have in the background. Mm. Of course, I live in New York, so there's sirens, mm. there's people yelling outside, like <laughs> "What are you doing?" and beep beep. So you know, I always have a lot of background noise anyway to keep my mind right. occupied, but I. I always listen to podcasts and I'm always like on Twitter spaces talking. So I always have like a million things going on. Okay. So and for new people in the space that are learning about it, um, what do you advise them as the best way to find the right content between Twitter and YouTube and whatnot? What would you tell somebody that's just getting in? They're new to the space. They're like, well, I want to learn about it. What would you kind of suggest? I would suggest Google every question, every stupid question doesn't even matter because there's obviously no stupid questions when it comes to crypto. This is such a new space that none of us, like when we first, get in or like what the actual heck is going on. So you need to take your time, do your own research, Google every single question. No question is stupid. Look it up, watch videos. I I love watching other content creators, whether that's TA, whether that's just learning about blockchain and things like that. That's how I got into crypto. I just Googled every question. I watched every single video that I thought was interesting. I wrote everything down on a Google doc until I just actually started talking about it, was able to articulate what my notes actually were. So once you're able to actually speak to somebody and explain it, that's how you know you know something. So that's what I did just Research everything. Google everything. Look at don't don't discriminate against certain YouTubers. Watch their video. It's always good to get different opinions other than their own. So that way you could absorb all the information and execute upon what you know. Excellent advice. I tell people all the time, like like you said, is is consume everything and then double check it, right? Because somebody yeah. can say, well, this 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 video might have had some good stuff. Look, everything's got some good and some bad. People, we're just giving our opinions, right? Some right, some it just depends. I mean, it's your opinion. I say right or wrong. It just you know, who knows? But the bottom line is, like you said, is is, is consume the content. But like you said, Google it and double check. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Twitter, yeah. Twitter spaces are great as well. Yeah. Um, I When I was first coming into crypto, I was I w- not first, but like when I was in my senior year, I was writing my research paper on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. And I was just like, OK, you know what? I'm going to go on Clubhouse because Clubhouse was really popping before Twitter spaces came out. And I was like, OK, guys, this is what I'm writing for my paper. What do you think? And a lot of them helped me with that. So I think just like collaborating with people, going on Twitter spaces, Clubhouse, hop in discords, Telegram chats, ask your questions. Most likely everyone's going to help you because that's how great this community is. People come in my Telegram all the time, my Telegram group, and they ask questions as a beginner. We're all there to help definitely definitely agree with that so well let me ask you finally uh how do people find you what's the best way to connect uh, find you on twitter uh what's the best way so missteencrypto.com has all of my social links i'm at missteencrypto on every single platform instagram twitter youtube tiktok everywhere that you have social media i'm at at missteencrypto i have the missteencrypto show that comes out one to four times a week live with awesome guests then i have the daily zest uh, 12 p.m monday to thursday um and then i have daily content that comes out on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, just reels and educational content. I have one to two minute videos on the street interviews all on my YouTube channel and spread all over social media. But that's where you could find me to find all cool different types of content that you need to get started in this space. Awesome. Look, thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out with me. I appreciate it. This was really fun.
Thanks a lot. This has been the latest episode of the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. Thank you, Miss Team Crypto. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the Big Dog Crypto Podcast. Follow on Twitter at WoofBigDog. Woof, big D-A-W-G. And run faster than the competition. Woof, woof.